picture this. The throne room of a noble house. On the walls, banners of this ancient house emblazoned with their family crest, an orchid wreathed in flames, and upon this throne sits a regal figure in the most extravagant finery. A middle-aged man, silver-haired, with a ponytail, pallid skin, he sits with a goblet of blood. This man is Count Danto, Lord of the oldest house in Akamoros. He sits waiting for someone, someone who is every bit as popular as he is powerful and ancient. The doors are thrown open, and in wanders that figure. How does she look? The best way I can describe her is a... I'm going to tear all this, the tension out of the scene. I imagine she's like a Rule 63 version of Tom Brady. Kill me. She's just... <laughs> but no, uh, like, it's... Uh, she She's uh, like a very attractive person, and it's it's one of those things where it's like a little infuriating because you see somebody who's that talented, who's also that good-looking, and just seems to have no flaws to them when you first see them. I hate her already. <laughs> That's good. That's the point. Damn you, gender swap Tom Brady. <laughs> Damn you, sexy Tom Brady. <laughs> I really hope our non-sports fans appreciate this image because it's very good. Uh, it's going to be, uh, say, uh, hey there, good evening, Count Danto. How are you doing? Actually, it's Lord Danto now. The paperwork came through as the widower of the lord of this house. I have the rightful claim now. I'm sorry, but congratulations, Lord. That's a great title. <laughs> yes, I would have settled for less, but it is satisfying to have done this legally, whether it was necessary or not. It's always good to have big aspirations, you know? It really just, you know, you got to work for what you earn and you should earn what you get, you know? Speaking from experience, Little Rose. I humbly do what is required of someone of my talents. That's all. You do nothing humbly. Perhaps, but then again, achieving the impossible over and over again is, I guess, somewhat special. <laughs> I believe that is what they call, in my kingdom, a humble brag? Well, I wouldn't be here if I didn't have something to brag about. Am I right? Well, why exactly are you here? You're the one who called this meeting. Well, I figured... We could both use one another for something. You see, word on the street is we both have something that we're trying to fix, you know? And I think that we might be able to help one another out. You have already helped me a great deal. Without you, I could not have nearly the support among the masses that I do. The church was easy. Corruptible fools that they were. And the other houses, well, it only takes so much coin to turn their heads, but... The average peasant on the street, it takes a little bit more showmanship, flash, pizzazz, and uh, you have that to spare, and I appreciate it. So if there's a way I can repay you for your very public and vocal endorsement, I would love to repay that favor. Well, that is great that you say that, because I have a little something that I've been looking for, and I think that you might have it amongst all these relics of Akamoros. <laughs> I'm looking for a relic of 
Ogma. You might have heard of him. He's the god of knowledge. I have heard of the name, of course. Not much use for him myself. I don't know if you can tell, but I don't truck much with the <laughs> kneeling and the scraping and the sacraments and all of that. But Oh, but Danto, knowledge is power. Haven't you heard? <laughs> I have heard, but I assure you, <laughs> for all the power that knowledge can give you, it is a lot easier to hold on to power once you have it if you can back up knowledge with muscle. Oh, maybe that's just where we'll have to agree to disagree then. And she's going to give him kind of like a coy wink. And he is clearly ancient, but he also has this weird vitality to him. There, There's like the sense that he could just start sprinting at any moment, even though he looks like he sh- probably should need a cane. And you you know he's a vampire. It's actually common knowledge at this point. He was planning on hiding it. But once you endorsed him, he just basically turned it around and people were hesitant, but eventually came around to the idea of, wow, a powerful vampire on our side. That's cool. That's a good weapon. And and once the church was on board, uh, while there's, of course, always people who are going to have their own opinions on things, it, it swayed enough people that he is actually able to openly be a vampire, for now at least, and he uh, waves you to follow him as he walks out of the room. Yes, yeah, she will follow. Lord Danto walks you down a hallway, well, explaining to you on the way there is a vault of artifacts and art in ancient heirlooms that the house keeps, and he hasn't had time to go through all of it. But if what you're looking for is in possession of the family, this is where it will be, and you're welcome to it. Oh, I assure you that it is amongst that vault. I've been very diligent in my research. So he gets to a certain point in the hallway, and there's no door, and he turns and he like moves a painting and behind it, there's a button that he pushes and the door and a door just appears as the wall slides away and he leads you back behind it. And the first thing you see, there's a man who is tied to a stake in here, nearly crucified, this man who is blindfolded. And he says, oh, sorry, don't mind Stern. He's uh, my guest. She's just going to kind of like quietly whistle to herself or hum something to herself as she walks by. Does uh, my guest bother you, Stellarosa? I wouldn't question the great Lord Danto's uh, position on things. After all, I endorsed you. It comes with a little bit of leeway, wouldn't you say? Perhaps you are as powerful as you say, if knowledge is power. You seem to know your place quite powerfully. You could say that. He leads you further down this hallway, and you guys get to a big classical bank vault style, huge like, nautical spinning handle door. And he uh, enters a combination and opens it. And you see inside there are just rows and rows of weird artifacts. There's medallions and rings and pendants and boots and all kinds, just like every possible item that a family can accrue over thousands of years of being the most important family in one of the biggest, most important cities. Uh, so I imagine Stellarosa will like be looking, like scanning across it. And, you know, despite there's like being a plethora of, of very, you know, fanciful artifacts or, you know, jewelry or all these just, you know, splendid items. Uh, she just passes by most of them as she's very clearly trying to key in on something. Like she already says some idea of what she's looking for. 
I guess kind of think of it a little bit like Indiana Jones, the last crusade. <laughs> like she's just like, nah, nah, I don't need these, all these nice cups. I'm looking for that shabby one. Yeah. Don't choose poorly. And uh, I imagine what she picks up then is a, uh, a sphere that seems to have uh, several different indentations on it as though it could be moved, but doesn't seem to possess any natural way of being opened. It seems to almost have like uh, an element of uh, like abject confusion to it. Like it, it seems as if this is something that should be saw like a, a pu- like a puzzle box you'd give to a kid or something like that. But as you shift the pieces around, it almost seems like it reconstitutes itself to prevent being opened. So you pick up that puzzle sphere, and Lord Danto says to you, "I take it you have found what you have been looking for." I believe so. Although, it might take a little bit of time to open it up. You sure that you're just willing to part with something like this, though? I have no use for the thing, and if I can count on your continued support, I feel as though this is only the first step in a mutually beneficial partnership. I believe so, Lord Danto. Hmm. It's a pleasure doing business with you, Stella Rosa. I trust you can see yourself out. I have, uh... Well, I have a date with Raven Stern that I fully intend to keep for as long as he can stay alive. Well, I wouldn't want to keep you then. You boys have fun. Last time on Base Funk. And I took Ascendant Step, which means I can cast Levitate on myself at will without expending a spell slot. And I chose Scrying for my one spell that I got which is a spell which allows you to kind of look at a person or place remotely. You have the resources to make that happen, but we're going to need a scene in which you acquire that focus. Which is fine. I'm totally down for that. Have you considered the possibility that Ganador is already here? Are you my ally? I think you're pretty chill. We should be friends. Uh, You also need to find out where Wolf stands on the Aurora thing, because I think my inclination now is he thinks this is a safe place where all his friends are. Oh, yeah, no, it's this recruitment time. Uh, your grace. You can call me Warden Light. You can call me Susan, if it makes you happy. Literally anything but that, please. Who it was who made the mirrors. Cur- I was curious to know more about them, if you didn't mind explaining a little bit about this uh, Lucas. Lucas Rosemary, the mortal and the immortal the doomed partnership that can only last for a tragic short amount of time. And the mirror Mm -hmm. was his last and greatest invention. How did Lucas pass away? Time comes for us all, Brother Hawklight. Man and God alike. Everyone, everything dies eventually. Oh, Zariel, you know I always have a plan. What do you think my plan would be? (laughs) (laughs) I think your plan would be to go in, ring every last bit of intel out of any idiot dumb enough to wander in there, assemble the truth from bits and pieces, and then kill every last motherfucker in there, and then bring that info back. I want a front tour. Do not test my patience, Barakiel. You want to use Lady Nim's true name? Yeah, why not me? Do you think you can handle it? What's that supposed to mean? Here, and she'll hand her the paper. I have selected for my first level five spell, Planar Binding. 
Warden Light, I know you're nervous about, you know, getting into cosplay, so I thought I would just, like, summon you into a circle that you can't leave and force you to do my bidding for 24 hours, and that's how I'll, like, get you to get into the fun of cosplay. It'll be great. Penny and Mim are just gonna keep getting more and more petty and more and more vindictive, respectively. How do I make asking about a 1,000 gold um, (laughs) gem sexy, like, bedroom talk? You're gonna do your thing, and then, assuming that you don't lose and get us both killed, we either escape together, or we U-Haul into a new tower. (laughs) We have our own tower. If I fail this spell, things are gonna go very bad for me very quick, so... I know where she keeps the safe. Are you up for... A little robbery? I think I could live with a bit of robbery. theory i want to deposit to you all uh-huh i believe each individual person in the world can fit neatly into the niche of one of the golden girl characters mm-hmm. and i'm slowly putting together a package that i will present presumably on like a ted talk or something like that to really identify whether or not the roses of the world are going to shape it in the way that the blanche is used to you know hey blanche is the best you know, there's a strong argument people could say for any of the characters. Except Stans. No one likes Stans. <laughs> I'll make it my homework this week to go watch some Golden Girls. <laughs> How much are we leaving in of this? I assumed it was all going to get cut. I assumed every moment of it. Yeah, That's a pretty good intro, all things considered. So, wait, let's acknowledge the um, thing. Yeah? Because people have to listen to this show. Yeah, which thing, which thing is that, huh? <laughs> thing where I lost my voice and then got sick while going to Canada? Yeah, I mean, it is Canada's fault. I, I will blame Canada specifically for this. And since no one in this podcast is from Canada right now, uh, we can either blame Johnny or just blame Con Bravo. Oh, let's just blame Johnny. I, I, half of my family is Canadian, so you can blame me if you need someone to blame. That's not quite as punchy, though, you know. (laughs) It's more fun to blame people who can't defend themselves, right? That's how it works, right? That is how it works. That's how it works. Okay. So, in the last episode, everyone went off on their own personal adventures and learned a lot and grew and just really came into their own as people and plotted behind each other's backs. And it was a whole lot of cool drama. And then the episode basically ended with Claire deciding to call a family meeting of the avant-garde to discuss the plan. Um, So she is going to make a PowerPoint presentation, except not her because she's passing it off to Zoe because she doesn't want to talk. Oh, what? (laughs) She says, all right, so Zoe and me have been planning a thing. Uh, Why don't you tell them, Zoe? It's like, I thought that this was what making you lead on it was to let me avoid. I don't, I feel like you're taking all the credit now and I'm just going to end up doing all the work. I don't even have a soundtrack prepared for the PowerPoint. 
We have the same exact work ethic, and it's it's a lot of friction because <laughs> normally I would we would pawn it off on somebody else, but now it's us, and we can't pawn it off on ourselves. It's a whole thing. Uh, all right, I'm not great at explaining things. Uh, like long story short, like really long story short, Lady Nim's gonna try to kill both of us because basically both of us had to kind of like kill the other one on her behalf, and then we chose not to. So she's going to kill us now, but we think we actually could stop her, and we'd like your help. Or Claire does. She's the lead. I just am for doing the, the mouthpiece part of this. Well, why, why, why are you both so stressed about this? Like, th- this could have been far worse. Not, neither of you have sold your soul to a cool eyeball god this week while we were gone. You know, it, in, 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 in a relative sense, this is fine. We can have a conversation about this one. This is This is nothing. What's wrong with selling your soul to a cool eyeball god? Oh, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but like... Uh-huh. It causes some friction when that happens when we go away to the space prison dimension. At least this is like, this is a conversation. This isn't a thing that happened while we were gone. So like, ah, don't, don't sweat it. Let's go, let's go kill Lady Nim. Why? Uh, I was going to ask why we're killing Lady Nim. No, she's going to try and kill you both. That's fine. i got to stay on topic. <laughs> we're going to kill Lady Nim. Sorted. Done. I mean, Zoe got her true name. I don't know exactly how it works, but that's step A. Or step one, step alpha. Why would you make it more complicated? I'm nervous. <laughs> so you know her true name. What do you plan on doing with her true name? And you don't need to explain to me what that means. I understand. <laughs> I've read books. Uh, Well, I don't know exactly what it does. So if we say it, maybe she'll explode. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's why you're here. Because the next step is full of mystery. I do love mystery. How long typically does using a person's true name allow you to, like, command them for? Uh, it sounds like you guys want to make arcana checks to know how it works in this universe. Uh, 16 for Roland. Five. 11. All right, uh, Theodora, you wander off and you go make hot chocolate with a five. Yeah, that sounds like me. <laughs> You're just sipping in the background of this scene. Uh, with an 11, Zoe, you don't really know much more than what it was um, told in insinuation in the flashback scene. But rolling with a 16, you know it's it's more or less like the command spell where you with a with someone's true name, you can command them to do something and they have to do it with the exception of like suicidal things like that you can't just like rip your own head off that that just won't work because of the uh, survival drive of sentient beings but besides that they basically have to listen to commands that you give when you're using it all right zoe i'm gonna ask you this how, how exactly did you find her true name i mean i don't know i might have been just high i don't know but i think i went through like a, a vision memory or something of lady nims can you explain more? <laughs> As I said, I'm not 100% certain if I was high or not. Um, edibles. <laughs> <laughs> what about edibles? You have some, Zoe? Zora's head popping out of the kitchen. <laughs> okay, so if we're not, if we're still debating the morality of this thing, I do want to step in here and say that I've been kind of sitting on a secret weapon thing. I mentioned this to Dora, but I don't know if this is a good time to just display that I have this, so I'm going to do it now. And she kind of does a flourish with her leathery cape, which you guys actually know is her animal totem. It is a cloaker. Um, And she says, so I think this might be useful. And from the cloak comes a low, creepy groaning noise. 
And suddenly, before your very eyes, Claire Elise Legrand seems to split into two Claire's. Um, one of them lays a hand on Zoe's shoulder and the other tries to, but the hand goes through because it is not real. And she says, so this can make like shadow clones of me, which seems weirdly on the nose for someone who is a shadow clone person of another person. But that's what it does. That seems really useful. Because uh, also, and once again, I don't know if it's the right time to bring it up, but we have to get her out of the office before we do anything. Because if we face her there, she shuts the door and no matter what happens, we're dead inside. So, I mean, this is just one suggestion and it probably won't make sense because I'm, I'm not very smart. But uh, And also very high. I'm not. <laughs> now, I'm not. Yeah, they take a couple minutes to kick in. <laughs> Claire! <laughs> no chill! Please! Fucking narc. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I don't know if this will work, but if we have control of her for just a moment, maybe there would be some way that we could use that momentary point to let Warden Light, like, imprison her or something? Would he do that? I say from the kitchen. You got marshmallows. Dora's gonna walk back in, just, like, stuffing marshmallows in her mouth, because marshmallow time. Mm-hmm. And she's gonna be like, maybe we should do something so that she doesn't kill, like, all of us, because I feel like she's gonna put two and two together, and I don't feel like dying today. If you've got her under your control, before getting rid of her, could we just get her to tell people a bunch of things that would throw us out of suspicion? <laughs> can we get her to basically say I of my own free will have decided that I feel terrible for the crimes I have committed and as such I'm going to turn myself into Warden Light now I know that's not in any way believably in character for her but you see what I mean can we get her to blame someone that's not us before we do whatever we're gonna do I thought you were going to do the very Veltari move of telling everybody that you were her and then kill her and then replace her like you did with Garrick. You say that now. Ooh, I I kind of dig the idea of increasing the number of people in Ilium that are basically just me. Soon it's going to be a city of nothing but Veltari. Yeah, I could just just (laughs) run around town being everyone. How, How about this? I'll just be Lady Nim. Forever. <laughs> there might be members within the lilies that can see through your disguise or at least be aware that it's not actually Nim. And the moment you're supposed to do something that Nim can do and can't pull it off, the ruse is going to be gone. Hmm. Fine, fine. But let's go back to it. Let's wheel back to my first suggestion. Can we just get her to say something that throws suspicion off of the avant-garde? Okay, what are the opinions of the Lilies about Lady Nim other than they simply follow her orders because she's just more powerful than them? I don't know, like, what would somebody like Carrie think? Well, judging from what Carrie said in bed this morning, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm dropping this here purely to just, like, su- suggest to everyone, like, just low-key being like, yeah, I got laid last night. Like, this is not important, I'm just... Dropping in that I got laid, but from yeah, I was in bed with Carrie this morning, and uh, from what she said, I think she'd be on board with this. <laughs> Don't mind me; these are my Magnum condoms. From- <laughs> oh, they just fell out of my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I am totally on board with the whole killing Lady Nim plan. Uh, you know, 
I'm I'm up for killing a few of the big people in this town, and I'm happy to help here. Maybe you want to help next time? Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Zoe's gonna pull Claire aside real quick. Mm-hmm. And she's gonna say, hey, uh, Claire, real quick, I just kind of want to talk to you about something. So, I don't know what's gonna happen here. Wild magic has a way of kind of complicating things. So, I just I had something on my chest that I kind of just wanted to mention to you that I, I guess I should have done earlier. But, uh, I kind of take for granted the fact that you know most of what I'm thinking already since <laughs> sort of the same thing you thought. But the thing is, you, you said that I was taking the power of Ganador and everything like that as a way to just get more power and be like Stellarosa. I just kind of wanted to say that, that it's, it's not like that. You know, I, I kind of took it because I knew it was something dark and wrong and I didn't want you to get brought down by that i appreciate the sentiment but it doesn't seem like there are any downsides to the deal like your friend is like psyched 24 sev just look at that dope <laughs> she just points at theodora who's just like scraping marshmallows off of the walls because she made a mess <laughs> yeah i mean that's true i don't know if uh dora's like the number one thing you should point to though about being like in a he healthy mentality and stuff <laughs> hey she can't hear this. <laughs> I, I just, look, I feel as though there is going to be some kind of payback for this or consequence or something. And I figured it was better if I took it on because I'm already kind of, you know, a little bit weird and messed up. And I wanted you to have a better chance at not having to deal with that. A persuasion check. 23. Holy toast. 23. All right. So she, yeah, you know what? She takes that. She internalizes it. She thinks you're being real and genuine and that you wanted to protect her. This relationship is better for having this conversation. She like nods. Oh, 23 wasn't enough for a hug? You try it. <laughs> you want to risk it for the biscuit? Go for that hug. It, it, it needs to be natural. If, if I had to roll for it, it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> I can't risk the chance of critically failing my hug check. Next time. I have I have maybe a solution to this and let let me know if this sounds like a like a maybe plan. Lady Nim's expecting one of you to kill the other, right? Yes. What if we what if we lure her here thinking that one of you has succeeded? I have a spell called feign death. I mean, I feigned enough incompetence that she gave me her letter opener, so <laughs> stranger things have happened. Well, uh, according to the spell description out of character, it is a state indistinguishable from death. Appears appears dead to inspection, plus spells detecting the status of someone. So even spells that are designed to tell if someone's alive or dead can't tell that you're actually alive after feign death. So feign death sounds like a really cool, like a really cool part of this plan. What is the part where? we get her to come and check because we might not even need a body for that. If we were just going to say, Hey, Zoe's dead over here. Come check. You see what I'm saying? I, I, I'm just picturing like, Hey, we've got, we've got her body. I need you to help in some regard now that I've killed her. Maybe. Hmm. So what if like Claire and I had a mock fight, like right outside of Tarsus. The only time I saw her come out of her room to interrupt was when Claire messed everything She's going to like kind of look over and realize what she's about to say and just be like, well, I'm going to get the shit out of this later. You know, when Claire kind of 
got really angry and threw everybody against the wall. When you were showing off like a total hot dog and I broke everything. Yeah. How how about this for a plan? You do your fight nice and publicly. I cast Feign Death on Claire. It looks like you've been successful. And as you sort of leave with her body, we hope that we can make enough noise that Lady Nim follows. Ooh, we should just fuck the whole thing up. We should make so much noise, make the biggest mess. <laughs> Claire's already out the door. <laughs> Dora's gonna follow her. Right. Let's let's pretend to kill you, Claire. This is gonna be fun. All right, so paint me this picture because there's five allied characters in the bar. There's like it's like late at night, right? So it's actually kind of busy right now. Like everyone's coming out to get their last drinks before they go to bed. And you know, Carrie's at the bar and uh, you know, there's probably some conjured music playing and you guys like stroll in and then how how do you want this to pop off? I I want to go in like casually a little ahead of the group and I'm just going to go over to Carrie and use Carrie as my cover. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I go over to Carrie, get a drink and just keep an eye on the proceedings from from over on one side. Nice, doing surveillance with a, some cheeky tail holding. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 trying to like be close enough to the action that like I can cast feign death when required. But until then, I just want to be like, oh, oh, did the rest of the avant-garde come in? Oh, what a coincidence! Oh, I'm not gonna be in, I'm not gonna be in the building, so I I have to be because I have to make contact with Claire to feign death. <laughs> I know you have to be. I'm saying. I can't be because that would be too suspicious. Uh, Dora's gonna go inside for her own reasons. She's gonna go see Penny. <laughs> okay, you go into Penny's store. Um. Well, you know, I have a thing I need to get for my spell. Yep, you need a focus so you can cast scrying. Yes. So I'm gonna be like, Penny, I need a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like you. What does that mean? That is just very needy. What What can I do for you? Um, I need, like, a focus for some magic shit, you know, like, I don't know, something like a, like a silver mirror or a crystal ball or something like that, I don't know. Hell yeah, I got crystal balls, I got crystal smalls, I got crystal stalls, I got everything, they all rhyme. That's, that's the gimmick this week. I want the spookiest one, and what you need from me? Well, here's the thing, I have a nice crystal ball here. Is it spooky? It's very spooky. You see, it has like bat decorations on it. Oh, fuck yeah, I'm in. Problem, uh, it's cursed. Cursed how? Well, <laughs> how attached are you to your fingernails? I don't have any, do I? <laughs> I, have, I have webbed hands and feet. <laughs> That's true. Oh, okay, well, I guess, uh, never mind that it's not on discount then, if it's not even going to be a problem for you. Uh, what do you want from me? <laughs> Okay, you guys are haggling. We'll come back in a second. Zoe, what are you and Claire doing? Uh, so I think Zoe's just going to, like, before they go inside, just say, like, you go in first and I'll come in a few minutes later and we'll pop off. But just know, like, we're not trying to really kill one another or anything. We just need to make a big mess, essentially. So as much collateral damage as possible that doesn't hurt anybody. All right. So big and messy. Got it. Yeah. Performance role, Zoe, to sell the beginning of this fight. Because Claire goes in, she sits down with the book and starts reading. And then I think you're going to walk up and like mock start some shit. Yeah. Uh, 19. So Zoe's going to like walk in and she's going to be like, uh, 
Fill your hands, you sons of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, and Claire gets like way more into it. You're like, hey, I will fight you for honor. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, let's do this. And she chucks her book at you and says, Stella Rosa was right. You're a failure. I hate you. Oh. <laughs> You're a mistake and nobody loves you. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Just like, yeah, and you're not supposed to be in this world. I'm getting rid of you. Mom probably doesn't even know we're gone. No one misses us. You have to make it real like that. No more talking. It's time to die. (laughs) Claire snaps her fingers. And now this fight is going to be happening on the ceiling with everything else in this room that isn't nailed down. Okay, now which ceiling-related song should I be referencing here? There's dancing on the ceiling, which is a classic. The obvious choice. There's ceiling can't hold us, but that's not the actual name of the Macklemore song, you know? (laughs) Um, This is localized to this room. It's like a column of anti-gravity, so this actually doesn't affect... Penny and Dora upstairs, but you guys hear the crash as every just every cla- glass and bottle in the place explodes on the ceiling. Dora's gonna be like, "What could that be?" Oh no! <laughs> Penny says to you, "Well, I mean, you've been earning here for I don't know, long as I can remember. You've been here the longest, all your friends. So I mean, you got a lot of stuff. I can probably hook you up with this this cursed crystal ball." Okay, but why is there always gotta be a but? What do you what do you think? Why do you think you got Penny? Let's talk small to small. <laughs> I know you're going to want something. I really just want you to tell me what you're going to want, like, now. And you know what? Some things are more valuable than gold. Like what? Yeah, like information. Oh, so you want me to, to be a rat for you? You want me to be, like, an informant? I mean, rats are cute. They got little whiskers. They got little tails. No, they're super smart, too. Same. <laughs> All right. So we're on the same page. Sounds good. I I want this to be to remain between us. Well, you're not very any good to me if nobody trusts you to tell me stuff. So of course I keep a secret. Even maybe to your boss. Eh, we'll see. Uh, some stuff like if you got, do you guys know anything about the Aurora? I'd have to tell her that. Oh, no, I don't know shit about that shit. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> well, my boss gives a fuck. Well, I don't. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna take this now. Well, let's start off on the right foot here. Tell me something. Tell me this. Riddle me this. Yeah. Your your big your big boy. Your big guy. Gammy? No, Metal Dad. Yeah. He came here every Tuesday, bitching and whining about his fancy armor, and then he got it, and uh, I, he's not wearing it. Yeah. I, I honestly, I don't know this fucking deal with that shit is. I saw him. He like cleaned it a lot, and it's like in his room but i don't know we're not on the best of terms lately i may or may not have converted somebody to my you know spooky religion he didn't really like that so yeah well can you find out because if there's some kind of secret trick to it if like the armor is secretly not armor and something else entirely then maybe i got swindled and i would like to know that so can you dig up that dirt for me yeah you got it chief all right, take your mirror. I thought it was a ball. It was a ball, a mirror ball. Mirror ball. She <laughs> she licks it before she heads it to you. It's like, yeah, now it's got my germs on it, smart guy. Oh, no, germs. It's not like I never made out with someone before. <laughs> oh, no, now my tongue is cursed. I didn't think this through. 
<laughs> all, of her, all of Penny's tongue's fingernails fall off. <laughs> yeah. Or does it grow a fingernail? <laughs> so this is so gross. For real though, the crystal ball is cursed. It just so happens that I forgot Dora is an amphibian. <laughs> so if anybody else touches it, bad things are going to happen to your body. But I guess Dora can just carry it. Yes. Dora's just going to walk off. Okay. Well, if you walk out of this room, you're going to fly into the ceiling. <laughs> oh, okay. That's right. You open the door and you see everything in the whole bar is on the ceiling. Oh, God. Hey, Penny, you want to just like hang out in here? <laughs> Catch up, you know? <laughs> yeah, sure. You guys chill. You guys are just going to have... We're going to have a smoke sesh. All right. Zoe and Claire on the ceiling. So Zoe wants to cast a spell and... The entire time, she's essentially going to be whispering to herself, please don't be something bad. Please don't be something bad. <laughs> she's going to cast Wind Wall because it, in her mind, that's the most destructive spell she has. But she's intentionally going to be like missing where Claire is. She's just going to be like uh, drawing or whatever verb you need to use in the area around her. But it'll just basically erupt through the ground and stuff like that. I'm totally on your page. But it is a sorcerer spell. So that means I would need to roll uh, magic, uh, wild magic. Yep. Hit me up. 18. So you throw down a wind wall and it, you basically just start a hurricane of broken glass <laughs> in this bar with everybody who is now stuck to the ceiling. So that's going to be bad. You're going to make a lot of friends. Um, but the immediate wild magic after effect of this is that you suddenly hear everything much clearer. In fact, you now have advantage on all perception checks because you have super hearing oh hells yeah <laughs> so every last exploding bottle in this rings very clearly in your ears and you have like very keen senses about where all the glass is going right now but um you are like there's some actual collateral damage to what you've done because wind wall plus broken glass equals bad times uh, if I if there's any way for her to essentially make it so that the glass is like contained in some way or at least avoiding people, she's going to try to. But I understand she can't, you know, control all that. You didn't drop the wind wall on anyone, so yeah, it's minimized. But actually, while you guys are up on the ceiling, Carrie says to Veltari because you guys are both up there. Yeah, she she says, uh, so this seems like a pretty good distraction for like robbery related activities. <gasps> mm. Uh, mm mm mm. How? Mm. Valtari, no! I was thinking we wait for an opportunity, but like, this is a great opportunity. Like, it just kind of walked in, right? I'm gonna have to, like, do one thing quick. Okay. And then, yes. <laughs> I, I think that, like, we might have an even better distraction if we wait, like, two seconds. I want to get as close as I can to Claire at the moment. Mm hmm. And I'm going to cast Feign Death now. And my, my thinking here is I'm going to leave... I'm going to leave Zoe continuing to do things to appearing to be dead Claire. Mm -hmm. Get back get back to my cute bartender and we'll go do robbery crimes with the, the added cover of there's now a dead person in the room. I love crimes. You're a crimer. Yeah, so... I, I, I want to try and get close enough to touch uh, with just my tail, so I'm making contact, but not obviously, and do feign death. Yeah, roll me a sleight of hand to pull that off, because there are definitely people who are looking in this direction. Plus one. Sixteen. Okay, is sixteen enough? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it's 16 is well above average. And even if someone saw you make contact, uh, it's enough that they don't think much of it because you're like trying to go, you basically just do a drive by and you whack her with your tail. I, I whack her with my tail as I go past. I, I drop the little pinch of graveyard dirt or whatever it is. And now she is dead for all intents and purposes for an hour. Because I'm assuming Claire is a willing creature here. <laughs> yep, she's in on the plan. So in the middle of this whirling tornado of broken glass and chaos, uh, Claire drops into unconsciousness, at which point the anti-gravity spell wears off and everybody is going to take falling damage. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, mm. I, I say everybody, Veltari and Zoe. Roll me dexterity saving throws. I rolled a seven. Up, up, four, seven and four. Yep, you guys are taking max. There had to be some consequence to this. <laughs> All right, both of you take 14 damage. Okay, I can live with that. You're going to have to because you yeah. just got showered with broken glass as you fell the entire length of this first floor. Oh, dude, we don't need like a ceiling song. We do Walking on Broken Glass by Annie Lennox. There we go. Got it. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what do you guys do? I, I, I get back to Carrie ASAP, and I'm like, well, now we have a dead kid as a distraction. <laughs> That's metal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Veltari, roll stealth to sneak away with Carrie, because you don't want to get seen doing this. Yeah, stealth is plus two. 20. Okay, that's pretty stealthy, I reckon. Yep, Carrie leads you away from the ruckus to one of the rooms in this place that you've never been inside. And she whispers to you, "Uh, this is Penny's room. Under her bed, there's a fake board. Pull it out, and there's a, a switch when you pull it. And it'll open up a, a trap door to the basement. She has a safe down there. I don't know. I don't know the combination. I was looking. This kind of caught me by surprise. But you know magic, so. Yeah, I, I, I do as she says, and I, I head down looking for the safe. Zoe. Yes. Your sister's dead in front of you. Bummer. So did Nim show up? <laughs> well, what's rolling here is the crash from outside. He's going to rush in as if he's caught wind of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Just too late to see that uh, that Claire is dead. If someone wants to roll performance to play this up in such a way that you think would draw Lady Nim's attention, because she definitely hears this and she's probably peeved. But if you want to try to put it over the top, to this is something she has to come out and check out right now. 23 to performance for Zoe. Oh, snaps. Yeah, 23 is definitely enough. Describe how you do. Uh, so she's going to like see Claire dead and she's just going to start screaming like, You made me kill my sister! <laughs> <laughs> and then just start throwing magic missiles everywhere. Like just like at the floor to like create like explosions and shit. Wait, if, you're, if you fire off magic missile, you know that's wild magic rolls, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, can't you make boom pum sound effects as though there were explosions going off? Yeah, absolutely. We can do pum pum. <laughs> <laughs> How do you spell that, by the way? It might be the episode title. P-W-E-U-M. P-Y-O-O-M. Yeah. We got like two different explanations. <laughs> well, I like to think of it like Mium, but with a P. Yeah, so, so Zoe's there being like, Pewn, Pewn! <laughs> like a little cat person. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, no, but she's, she's, she's gonna like really play it up like this is a, a grieving moment. Like the only way it could be more perfect if like, it was raining outside or inside right now. So before Lady Nim responds to this, is there anything Theodora wants to do? You're still upstairs. 
I like to think that Penny and I are just like eating the marshmallows because, of course, I brought them and we just like peek out and go, oh, geez. Yeah, you guys are doing a hookah and eating marshmallows. <laughs> I mean, I'm keeping I'm keeping an eye on the situation. Okay. I just wanted to make sure you didn't want to make a move. Yeah, not yet. All right. So Nate, Lady Nim exits her office and then exits the room that her office is in and she is radiating to the point where it's actually physically affecting the areas around her like things are moving out of her way because she's just giving off like waves of force it's like you couldn't even stand next to her you would get knocked over because she is incandescent with rage right now and you can just see like because you can see the veins beneath her skin and they're just pumping like actively like those big throbbing veins some people get on their foreheads and she looks like she could rip your throat out with her teeth and it would not <laughs> even come close to sating her right now and she says what the fuck is going on in here i did what you wanted i killed my sister zoe when you and i struck a deal do you remember when we sealed it with a handshake let's say i did i would search your memory because there's a little important detail about that interaction you may have forgotten, which was, it was sealed with magic to alert me when the mission was complete. And it is not. Oops. <laughs> oh, fuck. Maybe the magic's broken. Look, if you see, she's definitely dead. All right, bring me her head. That seems needlessly graphic. Do you think I give a fuck? Maybe you should, Barry. <laughs> That's Austin. Sorry. <laughs> Excuse me? You heard me. I heard you. It just didn't make any sense. Like a blueberry? Because of the vein thing? Is that the... You can act coy if you want. What do fish have to do with this? Are, are, are you high? Not today, I'm not. <laughs> So are you just wasting my time? What is this entire charade? Why have you broken everything in here for a second time? The first time wasn't intentional, but... Uh, so it was intentional this time. Good to know. Well, yeah. Fuck your place. So Dora's listening to this. She wants to like be like, hey, Penny, if let's say something was to happen to Lady Nim, would you want to like be on our side? Maybe get in on getting in charge of the lilies? Uh, persuasion check? 18 that's pretty good uh penny says listen i want to i want to be on the winning side once i figure out what that is that's the t that's the side i'm on penny i worship an evil eyeball god <laughs> whose side do you think is really gonna be the winning side i mean you can just poke him right in the eye frankly kind of a vulnerability <laughs> a structural weakness i'm just saying to stick with me i got your back girl Okay. With an 18, she has not immediately compelled to rat you out. So <laughs> it's a lot to ask on one check. So we'll see how that's going. Look, okay, you were going to kill both of us if we didn't do something. Uh, Lady Nim snaps her fingers and you, uh, well, strength check to not be crushed because she's trying to crush you with gravity. 19, holy shit. Against all odds, <laughs> uh, she tries to crush you <laughs> right now with such strong gravity to like, break your bones and basically fold you up like a card table. And you like you summon all of your strength and you are able to stay standing. But she is still trying to smush you like a bug. I want to try a thing. 
I want to cast banishment on her. Okay. Uh, so charisma saving throw. Oops, I got I rolled an eight, which is not gonna make it. Oh, honey, fifteen. So Theodora, you peek out of the room upstairs. Your brooch glows with an eldritch light, and you hold out a hand, and Lady Nim pops out of existence, and she's gone. Nice. What? The gravity spell ends, and you are no longer being crushed, Zoe. Where did she go? I banished her. It's that easy? Apparently. I didn't know if it would work, but it did. You hear a voice saying, why did you send me back to my office? <laughs> <laughs> Lady Nim strolls back into the room. Well, that was an enormous waste of time. Ah, oh, shit. Uh, Veltari, in Penny's room, you crawl under her bed. You pull up a fake board you pull a switch uh, a trapdoor opens and you climb down a ladder into pure darkness but as a tiefling i believe you have dark vision i believe so yes this is a small basically secret room that she has constructed and there are three safes in here with dial combinations hmm three dials yep can I start by trying to cast Identify on the safe in order to find out if there's any magic affecting it or any magic that's part of the way it's kept locked? Yeah, so it costs $100 to cast a spell, which we'll say that's what you got. Uh, you got the equivalent of that for the last mission, so you're going to be fine there. Okay. So here's what you know about these safes is they are alarmed. They have the alarm spell, which is when you attempt to breach them, the person who set the spell, presumably Penny... Will be alerted. Presumably, unless I unlock it successfully on the first attempt. Correct. Okay. So, step two. I cast invisibility upon myself. For up to one hour, I am now invisible. Okay. Love it. Okay. Uh, step three. I want to use, uh, would it be investigation to see if I can... If I can work out anything from just looking at the safe as to what might get me into it. Sure. Seven. Okay. Hmm. That's not very good. I'm I'm invisible. I'm invisible currently. And if I try and open this safe incorrectly, the person who whose safe it is will be alerted. Hmm. Correct. Yeah. And you rolled a seven on investigation. So, you know, nothing else about them. They're just metal boxes with dials on the front. I have I have a thought, and this is possibly a slightly risky one. Love it. Hmm. How risky do I want to play this? I mean, now is clearly the time for caution, right? That's how we're kind of <laughs> approaching this whole scenario. Screw it. Let's try the risky approach. I'm going to try a random combination. <laughs> because I'm currently invisible. And I have a long I have a long plan here, and I fully expect the alarm to be tripped and that's part of the plan all right so how this is gonna work is i'm just gonna roll a d20 and on a crit you just fucking luck into it okay let's see if i crit this <laughs> all right five percent chance let's roll them bones baby nope 16 uh okay so i i am unsuccessful and am i am i aware that an alarm has gone off can i sense the fact that the alarm has gone off or nope Okay, I'm just contextually aware. Okay. Yeah, you you know from your identify spell what has happened, but out of if it weren't for that, you would not know. So you turn it, you turn it, you turn it, and then nothing happens. But up, but upstairs, Penny. Yeah. 
is in the room with Theodora. So you notice her suddenly sit up and go to walk past you, Dora. And you remember, you don't know this robbery is going on. What? Where, wait, where are you going? What happened to the mushrooms? I mean, not the mushrooms, the marshmallows. Wrong thing. <laughs> no, you've recontextualized that entire scene. Hold on. <laughs> oh, shit. Are we tripping balls? <laughs> oh, my God. She's going to try to stop Veltari from robbing her safe while high on shrooms. Yes. <laughs> oh, jeez. What? Well, before she arrives, I want to get myself into a position where I can see the front of the safe, but I'm in as as good of a hiding position as possible. Like, if I wasn't invisible... Mm-hmm. that I would still feel like I was hidden in this position, but can hopefully still see the front of the safe. All right, stealth check. Okay, uh, plus two on stealth. 14. So you think you do a decent job of kind of getting your body out of the way and you're invisible, which is very helpful. I'm debating whether to do one more thing. No, I'm not going to do this. I was considering casting darkness upon myself, but dark vision can't see through it, and that would probably just show up to Penny as... A dark circle that her dark vision didn't light up and would probably alert her completely to where I was. So let's not do that. All right. So you're invisible hiding in the secret room with the safes. Yep. <laughs> Roland and Zoe, Lady Nim's back. She got banished to the closest pocket dimension, which was about 20 feet behind her. You know what? Fuck it. We're going YOLO on this. Zoe, when she sees her come back, uh, I'm assuming Lady Nim's like coming back with like i'll just try that strength thing again i mean come on she's got like a negative three modifier i'll get her this time you don't know how she is definitely going to kill you <laughs> uh zoe is just going to shout out uh Batakel, or Batakel, however you pronounce it i've been pronouncing it to emphasize the l at the end barakael but i'm sure you could also say like baraquel or something <laughs> um yeah so you say her true name and you feel an intense heat inside of you and your eyes meet and there's just this moment of unspeakable bonding between the two of you ineffable but powerful and i want you to very carefully consider your next words because it's about to go down uh, so what i want zoe to now you said it's effectively like the command spell which is only like a one word kind of command. Is that what I'm limited to? Or can it be like a phrase? Don't feel limited. Whatever you do, we're just right. We're writing this script together. She's going to essentially say, do not, do not fight back. All right. So you say, Barakael, don't fight back. And then she's going to cast detect thoughts on her. And I'm going to find out the information that I was supposed to get one way or the other. God damn it. <laughs> so a couple of things happen. The first is you use her true name to command her and she has to not attack you so she doesn't however remember every turn is six seconds mm-hmm. roll initiative uh, dora's gonna stay in the the shop and she's gonna start writing and be like dear ganny shit's going bad please keep me and zoe safe so we can carry out your dark evil mission i love you bye i rolled a 12 i rolled a nine i'm not in the fight i'm hidden behind a box yeah so you say Barakael, do not fight me. And she st- she freezes solid. She cannot fight you. Behind her rises up the ghostly form of a devil with huge fuck-off claws and a tail with a spike <laughs> on it and curly horns and huge wings. This feels ticky-tack. Come on, Nim. <laughs> I expected better of you. The way I want you to picture this creature is if someone just said to you, like, 
what's the devil look like? <laughs> like in our in our world, the devil is not the same thing as like Satan from the Bible. So like really stereotypical red guy, mm-hmm. and he is going to launch himself at you and attempt to rip your face off. I mean, I, I don't have this ability per se, but uh, it would be in character for Roland to throw himself in front of Zoe in order to take the hit. All right, so here comes the claw attacks. There's three of them. 12, 12, and 29. So those would all hit. Okay. <laughs> 11s are AC as of right now. So yeah, so this this devil is going to rip Zoe in half. Roland kind of sees uh, the devil rise up from behind Lady Nim. Uh, first and foremost, can I do a quick religion check to determine what it is? Sure. Uh, 12, so not strong. Uh, yeah, not strong. Part of the problem is the Gary Gygax, who named all these, didn't try very hard, so they're all just like... Chain devil, ice devil, fire devil, spike devil. So I don't mm-hmm. know how much that was actually going to help. <laughs> Roland already kind of had his sword and shield drawn when he came in because of the scuffle. Mm-hmm. As soon as he sees the devil and he sees it starts to move, he actually drops his sword and basically moves to dive in a sort of, you know, get in the ground, Mr. President sort of maneuver, you know, to describe it <laughs> in order to basically place himself between Zoe and the the devil that's attacking. So you're going to take all this damage in her place. I will take all three hits in her place. Yes. Yikes on bikes. That's a lot, my friends. Yeah, that's a lot. Roland's still alive, though. 47 damage as he just rips you nearly in half with his big fuck off claws. Oh, that's almost half of Roland's health. Almost. Oh. Like more than my entire health. <laughs> so I think I know what I want to do in response. Uh-huh. This might get kind of crazy, though. All right. So I was just going to try to filter through her thoughts to find out the answers I needed and find out what she was planning. Mm-hmm. But uh, I can see she's playing for keeps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, even though Roland is very strong, that attack did seem to at least hurt him. Oh, yeah. He slashed uh, just a pound of bacon off him. And... Zoe feels particularly guilty in that regard, as this is now a situation that is entirely her creation that is getting her friends hurt. And she's not very good when she's emotional. So I want Zoe to run straight up towards Lady Nim. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> visually, she's basically going to hold one hand each, like up to Lady Nim's shoulders. And I want her to use twinned magic with chromatic orb to just shotgun blast her arms off. <laughs> <laughs> um all right so it's your turn so you can command her <laughs> let me shotgun blast your arms off <laughs> yeah i guess or or i guess or, or if i can keep using the phrase over and over again i guess i could just say oh and hey not your fucking totem too Jeez, went without saying i thought so what is your command this turn do not do anything antagonistic towards us god you're very bad at genies <laughs> <laughs> Remember, these are two souls bound together. They are not the same person. I can't just force you to, like, go to a PC and release your totem into the wild. <laughs> yeah, Twitch plays Pokemon. <laughs> uh, hmm. I kind of just want to go with shotgun blasting your arms off. <laughs> I mean, you, you can definitely try. I can't think of a way to stop the totem from attacking and her, unfortunately. Yeah, so let's say she's not going to stop you, so you can you hit roll damage on... Twinned chromatic orb if you want. 
It's not actually that crazy high of damage, but yeah. thematically, the spell seems so cool, so I want it to be like crazy strong. Uh, yeah, Chromatic Orb is a spell where you shoot like a rainbow missile, and it's something that takes a spell component, which you've got as rewards for finishing your mission so far. So you're basically like blowing your limit break load. So it's going to be 38 damage. That's not great. I mean, it's not bad. You you shoot two rainbow orbs, like, and it takes off chunks of her arms. You like, if you hit someone with a shotgun, it like there's a spray of blood and gore, and it really messes her up. And unfortunately, it is a wild magic spell, so nine on the wild magic table. Okay. <laughs> it's been a while since we just had a fucking slapper, just <laughs> just a just a total banger on the wild magic table. This is very good. So you just run up, you bo- throw both your arms forward, double-barreled blast her, take two just huge chunks off her body, and then <laughs> there is a burst of magic, and a full-grown adult great white shark flops out of the air and lands on her, body-slamming her to the floor. Oh my god! <laughs> like, <laughs> she just gets crushed by a shark? Yes. It is flopping on her with its full body weight. She is prone. (laughs) I fucking love you, Hero Shark. Now seems like it would be a really good time to, like, command her to to stop her totem while she can't move. Yeah. And she takes 25 damage. Yeah, can I... (laughs) I don't even know how Zoe can react to this. The fucking (laughs) shark just dropped out of the sky and crushed a devil. (laughs) It is Roland's turn. Roland's going to pick up his sword, use his bonus action to invoke sacred weapon. Um, so the you know sword gleams in light. He's going to try to directly attack the totem with a magic weapon. Remember when uh, Fatboy Slim got froze, Zoe got froze. So yeah, they are sharing a, hit, a HP pool. Uh, 26 in the attack roll for the first attack. Hell yeah. Is this creature either an undead or a fiend? Yeah, it's a ghost, so undead. Nice. So he's going to expend a third level spell slot for this, which will do 68 bonus damage on top of his regular damage roll. Wait, it does 60? Oh, 6d8. I thought you said 68, and I nearly pooped myself. (laughs) 6d8 could end up nearly 68. It's a lot. 42 damage. Oh, sweet, but Jesus. That's That's the first attack roll. Oh, no. He rolled higher damage on less dice than I did. <laughs> and, 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 rolling, and rolling crits on the second attack roll. Yeah. And was going to smite, which would make this uh, 14d8 plus 5, <laughs> 62 damage. <laughs> so rolling in one action does four, uh, 104 damage to the totem directly. <laughs> all right. So I want to paint this picture for you. All right. Because what's happened is Lady Nim walked in the room all piss and vinegar. She sent her totem. Roland nearly got his spine ripped out. Like, I don't, I just want to tell you guys, like, this would have killed any character but Roland. Like, it absolutely gored him. Yeah. Zoe <laughs> shotgun blast Nim, nearly takes her arms off, and then a shark lands on her. <laughs> <laughs> then it's Ghost versus Roland. And the way this is, I want you guys to picture this, is they have a cool Phantom Menace sword fight, claws versus huge holy sword glowing with radiant energy. And this fight ends with Roland finishing the job Zoe started and taking its arms, which was reflected on Nim. So you hack the arms off this devil ghost, and then Nim's arms are hacked off under the shark. 
Alan do something really stupid. I love it. The stupider, the better. <laughs> Dora's gonna see the shark and just cast create water on him. <laughs> oh, it's so cute! <laughs> you're at the top of the stairs watching this life or death battle, and you're just like sprinkling him. <laughs> you're hosing him down. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So Nim is at your feet under a shark, which is crushing her as she fountains blood from both of our missing arms. <laughs> what do you do? Or think about what you do, because uh, meanwhile, in the basement, <laughs> Veltari is invisible in a hidey hole. Penny comes downstairs and starts to flap down. Because remember, she's like a bat-sized mm. a little imp thing. And she floats down into her hole. And I'm going to make a perception check here. And I have to beat your... Yep. 14, and remember, she is high on shrooms. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good job, me. Does that mean she gets disadvantage? Crit! She's tripping so hard. How can she get disadvantage because she's tripping on shrooms? You literally just said she's tripping on shrooms. All right, I rolled a second time, 15. She still passes 14 stealth check. Oh, see, I was going to say she's tripping so hard that she sees everything. (laughs) Yeah, so she flaps down into this uh, secret basement room and she says what's going on in here and she's talking to the wrong wall but she senses you're in here okay the first thing i do is i cast detect thoughts Mm -hmm. um and i'm gonna do surface level thoughts only so far and i'm just seeing is the code to this safe anywhere on the surface of her mind right now she's panicking about the safe being opened without her you know, without it being her that's opened it, I'm hoping that that's close enough to the surface of her mind. Her surface thoughts are, man, I really should have ate first. I'm real, I'm not feeling good right now. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna. But she did eat first. She had marshmallows. (laughs) That's true. They didn't have time to metabolize. She's also just really super worried about the fight going on in the other room. And she actually thought maybe that's what set off the alarm. But then she saw the door was open. So no, she's not thinking about the, the combination. I, what I want to do is I want to cast fear on her while I'm still detecting her thoughts. Oh, dear. All right. Do, do you see what my, my intention is here? Is I'm hoping that she starts seeing a vision of someone opening the safe and that I can then, from uh, detect thoughts, see what the safe combination is and force her to run from the safe. So your spell save DC is 15? Uh, Yes. Ah, five. That's not going to cut it. Okay. So you're in her surface thoughts, and you definitely see the looming figure of Nim, like, over her. That's what she's thinking, like, fear of, like, reprisals. Like, Nim's just going to go around and start kicking asses because of the stuff going on. She's mostly scared of Nim right now, but, like, under that, she's definitely scared about the... She's definitely, like, worried about the security breach, but it's just stuff. Like, if I came home and my house was wrecked, I wouldn't, like, immediately be like... Man, I really hope they didn't figure out my PIN number. <laughs> like, you know, you know, my PIN number, 1776. <laughs> okay, right. So, but she does, she starts flipping out and she starts flying away. Okay, this forces her to flee. As she's fleeing, I want to probe deeper for the combination. So you find it and it is <laughs> in the combination to all three safes. Is it 666? <laughs> it absolutely is. Can I just say, I was thinking about this earlier. If you hadn't said you were going to do a roll to see if I got it right, I was going to suggest 666 because Veltari is just that kind of trash. (laughs) Yeah, there are some uh, interpretations, which is 616, but she went with 666, classic, and she flaps away on shrooms and having hallucinations of her boss killing her. 
Uh, Lauren, I know you have to go. Is there anything you want to do before you leave? Uh, just still sprinkling. I'm going to say, he's mine now and his name is Reginald. Oh. <laughs> all right, so Reginald the shark. Yeah, I want to open. I want to open all three safes very quickly because I want to do this and get the hell out before fear runs out. Yeah, there are uh, just a bunch of like more than you could probably carry. So if I don't know if you would take the pillowcases from Penny's bed and just take everything you can, and we'll sort out what exactly all that is later. Just just grab what I can, and I'll worry about the rest later. All right, you guys can add it to the room full of gold coins, no doubt that you got from <laughs> Zoe. I'm I just to clarify the situation. I'm invisible. Uh, Penny has run away. She knows that someone tried to read her thoughts, but she doesn't know who. Mm-hmm. And she knows someone was in her room, but she doesn't know who. And she's hallucinating and she's tripping. Listen, she's gonna look back on this one day and laugh, but that's a that's far in the future. <laughs> to, to be fair, right right now she might just be writing this off as a bad trip, maybe until she checks her safes and sees everything's gone. <laughs> After that, it'll be hard to write it off. Okay. So back in the main room, Roland and Zoe standing over maimed Nim. What do you guys do? She's dying. She's dying. Uh Uh-oh. All right. All right. So the first thing I want to do, I want to use Fatboy Slim's power. I want to detect if there's any, like, metal on her or anything like that. No. Doesn't seem like she brought anything metal. She's just uh, in her dress. Uh, I'm going to do a medicine check to stabilize her. All right, so you kneel down, and you, I guess you're going to try to, like, tourniquet off her stumps. Yeah. And she pushes you away with uh, magic. If you're going to persist, it's going to get violent. She does not want your help. None of this had to happen, Nim. None of this. The armless ghost devil it hisses at you. It was bad enough that you were trying to force these two to try to kill each other. But then to take an opportunity to resolve this without any additional bloodshed, and to squander it. It doesn't matter. Dead or alive, we're all trapped in here forever. Who cares? You never figured out anything about this place, did you? (sighs) No, I came close. (laughs) I was too slow. I didn't connect the pieces fast enough. What was it you were going to send me on the direction of if I finished the job? Persuasion to get her to, with her dying words, divulge the information that started all of this. 21. Damn. So with the 21, do you want to phrase that in a, like a cinematic way? I think Zoe might say, if you tell us what you found out, maybe we can figure it out. And then if you finish my work, I can leave. It's, it would be better than you being trapped under the control of the warden with no chance of escape. And then I'll go back and reconstitute. And then I can come back and get revenge. I may be on your ancestors somewhere down the line. No, this is good. I like this plan. Thanks for the suggestion. I'm just not going to have kids. (laughs) That's probably the smart move. (laughs) I'm getting nothing but dogs. (laughs) I like your style, kid. I didn't realize until too late because... I was so focused on interrogating the newcomers that I never thought to look. Look where? The angel. He came to me after his husband died. No one even knew he existed. And he told me that he was in uh, just inconsolable grief and he wanted to forget. 
so I gave him a spell to erase his memory. I just didn't think about it. I just, I, I guess I sympathized with him because I know what it's like to serve as he does, how that wears on you. But then later, I spoke to him, and he still remembered. He still remembered his husband. What did he erase? Is there anything I can do to make it easier on you as you pass over? Get this shark off of me. <laughs> God, I want those to be my last words. No, please. No, Reg Re Reginald, uh, Reginald belongs there. He needs the water. <laughs> Roland is just going, Roland's, Roland's going to pick up the shark and just hold it in his arms. <laughs> He's not, Roland's not, Roland's not going to attack Nim in this state at all. It's just, so he says, is it going to be athletics, you think, or is it just strength? Uh, strength. 21. Yeah, okay. Roland picks up a great white shark. Fine. <laughs> That's our show. I, I, I want Zoe to, uh, just thematically, there's no reason for this otherwise, uh, she like summons her blade, and I want her to touch the tip of it to Lady Nim's forehead, and I want her, like, as Lady Nim's kind of thinking her last thoughts, Use detect thoughts and see what she can see from that. Oh dear. Well, this is a choice you just made. Hmm. <laughs> okay. So. Hmm. Okay. Did I do a bad? No, you did an interesting because remember, there's a ton of stuff going on in the backgrounds that you guys have like literally no clue about, and I just have to keep track of. So you pull out Gonador's blade, the black sword with the eyeball in it, and you touch it to Nim, and as soon as it makes contact with her flesh. You hear Ganador's voice, and it says, Good, good. And the sword visibly drains something out of Nim. <gasps> Energy tendrils come up out of her body, and her soul and magic and the ghost are basically... Eat Your sword eats her. <laughs> uh, Zoe's going to, like, drop the blade like, and, like back like it, it, this is terrifying to her she didn't expect this to happen mm, i didn't expect it to happen i didn't know you were gonna do that <laughs> you drop the sword it hits the ground and it disappears in a puff of smoke and then it's back in your hand can i unsummon it or does it just keep appearing it, it seems to want to be out right now yeah you try to you try to to dismiss it a couple times and it you know what it feels like being out right now i don't know what's happening it won't go away I feel like I may have made a mistake. As always, I'd like to thank Overclock Remix for our theme music, including Acoustic Jam with the Lucifer Alpha, an arrangement of Biohazard from Snatcher, Mystic Chemicals, an arrangement of Mystic Cave Zone and Chemical Plant Zone from Sonic the Hedgehog, and Simply Be Grooved, an arrangement of Simple and Clean from Kingdom Hearts. If you want to help support the show, you can contribute at patreon.com slash austinyorski. 
You can find Chris at patreon.com slash weekly manga recap. And you can find Laura at patreon.com slash Laura K Buzz. Executive producers for the month of August 2017 are Kerstine Haslinger, Jade, Extellaris, Joseph Tombrello, The Cult of Gorfinax, Irving Royale, Ken Fursell, Andrew Grothin, Paul Mullen, Luke Powers, Michael Goodell, Brent, Anthony Savier, Aki Savalainen, Iso, The Paladin's Wife, Florian, Charm Wilkie, Komano, The Future Mrs. and Mr. Hadsell, Dominic Bowden, Melissa Nielsen, Don, Eugene T, Connor Reynolds, Sarah Likens, Pruitt Holcomb, Artemis BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Bristol, Francois V, Tarka, Shyness, Dennis Pancake Detlefsen, Ripter Stormwolf, Miko from Finland, Dennis Bengston, Josh Mosier, Indigo Van Dane, Sydney Marzing, Just a Jester, John Potts, Kevin Dobbins, Savarden Akrasimova, Brady Warner, Kitty Foe, James Neely, Marissa Donaldson, Melanie Joe, Lana Seawolf, Toby Gleason Stack, Ruby Offer, Matthew Weber, Sarah Hanley, Melissa Booker, Cameron Abbas, Dylan, Gary Sayon, Anna Stulfar, Sean, the host of Funk Dunk Plays, Giorgio Renna, Harrison Andrew, Kevin Sidlow, Christopher Charlow, Jorit, Viger Arnston, Cody Jackson, August Rue, Athos, and Ingmar Gremmen. Even if you can't contribute directly, you can always help support the show by finding us on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever else podcasts are uploaded, and like, subscribe, or just tell your friends. You'd think I'd be better at advertising by now, but even after seven years, I have no idea how to get people to listen to my stuff. Maybe I'll figure it out after another seven years. By which time, this show will be about laser sword fighting goblins on the surface of the sun.